Hello and welcome. You're listening to High Tea with Old Waver. I'm Old Waver. Say hi, High Tea. Hi. We like music. We imagine that you like music because you're listening to this. And for those of us who are music lovers, we really need to get cozy and up close with Seat Geek. What's Seat Geek? Let me tell you, Toby. It's the first place to look for tickets to any concert or game. I mean, if you're into sports, I mean, whatever. Sports. Everything about SeatGeek makes life easier for music fans and sports fans. You can uh, compare multiple ticket sites all at the same time to make sure that you're getting the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work. You are saving time and money and getting the seats that you want to any show. They want to help you get the most bang for your buck, so every ticket on SeatGeek has a grade based on value. Where do you go to do this? I haven't gotten to that point yet. You can see the value of seats compared to other seats in that particular section on that row. You can say, hey, those are the seats for me. And you can click on them, buy them right there. And right now, you can get $20 off of any seat that you buy on SeatGeek, thanks to us right here on High Tea with Old Waver. Where do you go to do this? Thank you. Now we're ready for that. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, click Add a Promo Code, and then enter the promo code OLDWAVER, O-L-D-W-A-V-E-R. When you do that, SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. $20 rebate just for using our code word, just for getting kick-ass seats to the shows that you want to go to, my friend. So please support the arts in your community by going to SeatGeek, downloading the app, and entering promo code OLDWAVER today. Where do you go to do that? No, we already did that part. SeatGeek. Are you chewing ice on the air? I'm sorry. Not that we're on the air. I keep forgetting that this is just a podcast. So I guess it really doesn't matter. You can chew all the ice you want. I'll mute it. Okay.
welcome to a very special bonus edition of High Tea with Old Waver. You get not one, but two podcasts this month. Man. If you haven't already listened to episode two of High Tea with Old Waver, oh my god, you're missing out. Download it right away. Right away. And listen to it immediately after you listen to this. But this one, we are extremely fired up because we are going to a couple of epic 80s new wave synth pop shows in Dallas coming up in uh, just a few days. What are the dates on that, just in case? Uh, yeah, Ho- hopefully you're listening to this beforehand and you can snag a ticket on SeatGeek and go. They'd only have a week. But uh, September 22nd, Depeche Mode is at Starplex. And then September 24th, Sunday night, Front 242 is at Granada Theater. Man, have you ever seen Front 242? I have not. And you and myself... And several of our old wave buddies. BT Manny is BT, flying in BT from Manny. New York. Yeah. Uh, we are all going to double dip. We're going to have a, a a bro down weekend and see loads of keyboards. And it's super exciting. And so we thought, man, we should just do an extra show. Because we don't want to just mention it in passing on the regular pod. So let's just do a one-off pod that previews both of these shows and we get to play some of our favorite jams from these legendary bands that are I mean that's at the total top of the list they're at yeah. the top of the heap and we're going to keep the talking kind of short in this one right mainly I don't know. mainly play are the we? tunes and I don't, I don't know, know. kind of feel like we have a lot of music to play well, no more than normal we're playing six tunes just like a Regular ordinary podcast. I guess you're right. Have you noticed the um? What do you what do you think of this bed music here? I love it. This is uh, off of the uh, what? But not tonight. Twelve inch. I think this is the stripped twelve inch. The stripped twelve inch. Yeah, breathing in fumes. It lasts forever. It's perfect. It's four days long. Well, we won't bore you for four days, but we will. Uh, kind of take you down uh, a trip back in time through the 80s, <laughs> listen to the kind of formation of the Depeche Mode sound, get into a little EBM music with uh, Front 242, and then wrap it back up with some modern day tracks uh, from the new Depeche Mode record that you most certainly will hear if you go out to Starplex on the 22nd. Yeah, do we want to get into, um, just jump into the tunes right away? Yeah, well, I think uh, you picked this first one, and you wanted to go all the way back to the very, very beginning. First record, when Vince Clark was still around. Right, and that's the only one he was on, correct? Yeah, I think so. He left after that. And think about how super young they are, and they're all sitting in a room and didn't realize how overly famous all of them would turn out to be because Vince leaves and then starts Yaz right and then Erasure yeah I mean he he uh he went three for three yeah he man 
There's no telling how rich that fool is. And then, did you hear the Martin Gore, Vince Clark record they did, I guess, two yeah, years ago? Yeah, VCMG. What did you think of that? It was okay. I mean, it was, it was more uh, avant-garde, experimental than what I would normally want to listen to. Yeah, I was really hoping when that came out that there were going to be songs. And Vince, and they were going to write three-and-a-half-minute pop songs, and Martin was going to sing them. No, yeah, there were no vocals whatsoever, right? I don't think so. But that's what I was hoping for. But it still, it wasn't bad. It was good background music. Cleaning the house music. Yeah. But um, this one is super old. It's called Puppets. Um, do you off have of a, Speak and Spell, off of right? Speak and Spell. Do you have a favorite tune off of Speak and Spell? Oh, man. I don't have the track list in front of me, so I don't remember. Um, well, you know, it has like photographic and yeah, yeah, just can't yeah. get enough and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the obviously the uh, just can't get enough is the default answer to that. Yeah, huge um, first first big hit. I don't. I mean, I always enjoyed New Life. I didn't really ever listen to Speak and Spell a whole lot. I was familiar with the songs that made it onto the Catching Up with compilation. Oh yeah, I always loved that title. Catching up with the catching Depeche up mode. with Depeche mode. It's <laughs> yeah, ridiculous, but I think it's genius. It's it's like the uh, the previously on scenes before Game of Thrones episode. Was that just an American thing? I think like, so. Yeah, louder than bombs and all that. Like we needed our once we finally got Depeche mode, they went. Well, you need to hear the old stuff and. Right. Yeah. So here, let's get you caught up with this little teaser album. Yeah. Well, let's with a really gay picture of the band on the cover. <laughs> I know. I had that poster on the wall for sure. Oh my god. That made my parents probably have a few questions. Let's jam it. I, All right, I let's really do it. like this tune. Puppets. Is in a different 
When's the last time you heard that jam? Man, I can't remember. It's such a uh, just a childish like dime store arrangement, but it's so good. It's so good. It's the thing about it, when you were talking about sound before. How old is that? 1981. Yeah, 1981. So, did you notice how clean everything is? Right. And it's because it's synthesizers and drum machines. So there's no cymbals and air. There's no miking. Yeah, it's just, I think that's why I started really getting into it from the start, is because I love the sound of it. And that's the kind of, that's the Depeche Mode that I I like. You know what, I'm? they use drums now, and Martin plays a lot of guitar, which is guitar riffs are cool and all that, but I like that when they're all behind keyboards and there's drum machines and... You know. Yeah, but I mean, they've gone through so many iterations over their, what, now 40 years of history almost? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. They don't want to just do the same thing forever, but I don't know. I, I think it's cool that when they each have a keyboard and there's three of them in the back and Dave Gahan's doing his thing. Right. Yeah, and when he's uh, like on tops of the pops with his uh, kind of quaffed hairdo... Yeah, one of those really and, super skinny microphones. Yeah. Looks like a game show host. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you remember those suits they used to wear? Yeah. That They kind of just look like, I don't know, math teachers. Right. Yeah, because they were, they were kind of trying to be like the, the fashionable pop alternative to craft work, right? I guess so. Because... Uh, as you may or may not know, Depeche Mode means fast fashion. Facts. And so, yeah, they they were uh, kids who wanted to be cool and play music that girls would like, but they chose synthesizers instead of guitars. Well, I thought it was a good move when they ditched the suits and went for the, you know... Martin, the S&M? Martin Gore went for the leather underwear look. We forgot to mention the... Yeah, so uh, as per yeah. our usual uh, format for the podcast, uh, as we're listening to these tunes, we are getting sauced. And we're starting today with a cider. Yeah, Bishop Cider Company. Yes, this is the high and dry. And so it's a, I guess it's just a plain apple cider, and it's like a dry cider, which is what cider should be, in my opinion. It's a Texas craft cider yeah i guess it's a it's a bishop arts i have no idea i think it does say dallas texas right yeah there. yeah and uh it yeah, looks I, like it has like a peaky blinders thing on oh no that's supposed to be the, the right brothers the right brothers yeah i see oh i see the planes on the back now i get mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. lift your spirits but i uh i don't necessarily need a bunch of different random fruits in my cider I, I just I just need apple and I need it to not have a super fruity sweet floral aftertaste. Just want it to be crisp and clean and get me a little drunk while also being refreshing as I, we're, we're drinking it poured over ice. Yeah, I like mine on that. Can you hear that? It's beautiful. That's ice. Thank you for my uh Star Wars glass. Yeah, what do you think? What do you have on yours? I forgot. I have uh C3PO and and R2 and kind of their uh, wedding photo pose. Do you see mine? Oh, you got the Vader, bro. 
Love it. All right, so let's fast forward. We just uh, listened to puppets off of the debut Depeche Mode record, Speak and Spell, from 1981. It's so hard to narrow it down. Yeah, we, it was we, hard to pick. We talked about so many different songs. I mean, it's it's tough to just totally skip over Black Celebration. We we talked about maybe playing, but not tonight. From well, that, what was your first Depeche Mode show? Oh gosh, I don't think I saw them uh, until maybe Sounds of the Universe. I mean, I don't think I saw them until uh, you know the last ten, fifteen years. Well, I never saw them back in the day. Well, it is a shame that we're going over Black Celebration. That was my first Depeche Mode show, and it might where was that? Still might be my favorite. Southern Star Amphitheater in Houston. It was in Astroworld. Oh. It was like their Starplex yeah. in the back of... It was just like Starplex. Did you have to have a, uh Astroworld ticket to get in? Um, no, I think if you just have the concert ticket, you, I think you can go to Astroworld, or you could go to Astroworld that day, but we just went straight to the venue. And uh, were you wearing eyeliner? <laughs> were you wearing all black? I'm sure I was wearing all black. I don't think I would have had eyeliner on at this show. This was probably 1986. Could, I could be really wrong about that. But we are stripped. The Breathing and Fumes is from Black Celebration, right? Yeah. So we're hitting it a little bit. Yeah, in a subtle, uh, subliminal way. Yeah, so that at least there's something. Yeah, I and, love and, that record. and of course, uh, for for most people... Or a majority of people, Violator is probably their entry point for Depeche Mode mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, Personal Jesus and Enjoy the Silence. And then there's so many great deep cuts on there, like World in My Eyes and Halo. But Music for the Masses would probably be their breakout record. Yeah, that's that's what made them global superstars. I think Violator kind of doubled down on that, but yeah. Music for the Masses is is what made them a stadium band. And so that's where we decided to go for the second tune. And there's so many options to go with that one. We we ended up doing uh, Never Let Me Down for the, the uh, show open. Mm-hmm. But which one did you decide to go with uh, to play here in the show? Well, we were deciding what between But Not Tonight and Nothing. So I think I'm going to play Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Because that is... Uh, it's an underrated jam. Yeah, and it was kind of towards the back of the record, if I remember. Yeah. yeah, it was on side two. Yeah, and I love this jam. I want to say that they did play this on the Music for the Masses tour, but I don't think I've heard it since. Is it, uh, is it in the 101 film? I don't think it is. It's not? I don't know. Is it? It was, but I don't know. I can't remember. We could do a whole show on that one hundred and one film. It's so crazy. Um, but yeah, let's those play kids. This. <laughs> those I, kids on the bus. I know. Bus. Did, did Depeche Mode start the reality TV thing? That was kind of the first. Yeah, I mean, get a bunch of strangers right, it, on a bus and right around that same time was also Rattle and Hum, mm-hmm. and so yeah. But Depeche Mode did have that extra layer of the bus of of kids going on the road and following them. And that, that they that, didn't know it was they won like a radio contest in Houston, I think. Really? Yeah. And I, yeah, I could that, be wrong that, that is a very uh, uh, 
I don't know, pioneering precursor to reality TV. I don't know if we yeah. can fully give uh, Depeche Mode or was it Anton Corbin that did the movie? Um, He's their frequent visual collaborator, right? Yeah, but I don't think he did that movie. It was that classic, the concert. Um, we'll look it up during the song. Okay. He's done a, a ton of concert films. Okay, we'll look it up and we'll get that definitive answer. But it is a genius move because I think that they thought that they weren't really interesting. So get a bunch of kids on a bus that go to every show and follow them around. Right, because when you're following Depeche Mode off stage, you just have manic depressive Dave Gahan talking about how he thinks that uh, given the right circumstances, he might kill someone. And then you also have Martin Gore trying on his different garters and and assless chaps. So yeah, you definitely needed some some additional intrigue what to are, go along. What are, what are you talking about? The Gahan kill? What? There was some clip of him uh, talking backstage just uh, about you know the uh, mortality and what pushes someone to kill someone and how he. He could see himself killing someone. Maybe I'm making it up, yeah. but I swear to God it happened. I'm going to look that up, too. Well, keep that in mind while listening to this next jam. Nothing. Nothing.
there's so much epicness on that music for the masses record yeah it was a huge huge record i mean that shot them didn't they plan before the american tour they had because in the movie they promote the tour from a convertible in the rose bowl right yeah, I think, was that the, the final show of the tour, the Rose Bowl show? I think so. That's what it all led up to, was the... By the way, the directors... Good evening, Pasadena. The directors were David Dawkins, Chris Hedges, and D.A. Pennebaker. Yeah, that's the guy. Pen- Pennebaker is the concert guy. Okay. Um, I can't think of other things he's done right now, but he's. we'll look him up. He's done a bunch of stuff. Um, great movie. If you've never seen music, our Depeche Mode 101, go get it. Oh, he did the uh, the Monterey Pop Festival movie from '68. Uh, yeah. And he also did. Uh, did he do the, the Ziggy, Stones. He movie? did the Ziggy Stardust movie. He's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of stuff. Um. Cool. What do you think of nothing? Do you do you go to that track when you listen, or, do, or music for the masses? You just play and play everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily. Um, sometimes I'll I'll skip over. Uh, Pimp. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and little fifteen. But uh, yeah, the, nothing is definitely at the top of the list. I mean, it's just so jam-packed with great songs. Yeah, it really is. That was a great record. Now, I forgot to look up the uh, the 242 timeline, because they came along significantly later. Were, I don't think so. Well, I guess their their first record was an 82, Geography. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then uh, Official Version was 87, and Front by Front was 88. I want to say, and I don't know if it was the Black Celebration Tour or Music for the Masses, but at one point, they were supposed to be the opening band. And why At least weren't that's they? what I heard. I could be completely, totally wrong about all of this. But I think the record company thought that it was, that they shouldn't be opening for Depeche Mode. They needed to do their own thing, and they made a major mistake. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that they ever would have been bigger than they ended up being no just even because though that they, first... because they were definitely not as accessible yeah. as Depeche Mode huge club hits though I mean Headhunter and all of that was for those new wave kids who were really into the club scene they knew who Front 242 were yeah there was a club in Houston called Power Tools that sounds like a gay bar yeah and it was uh downtown and they would play uh, if a Front 242 new record came out, they would just play the whole thing. Front to back. Front to cover. I loved it. I love that club. And so you have seen them live and in person, yes? No. Never? No. So we're both going to be going into this blind on Sunday night. Yeah. The Black Celebration Tour, guess who opened up for Depeche Mode? Do you already know this? No, I don't. You remember a band called Book of Love? Yes. They were the opening band. With the chicks. Yeah. and they Two chicks and two dudes? I think so. And they threw roses out during their hit. Remember the... Yeah. I touch roses. And then so they would throw... And Depeche Mode gave them about, I don't know, five feet of stage in front of their curtain. 
and they lined up flat across. The song's about being lesbian. Um, is it? I think so. It's about touching vaginas. Because remember the other one was uh, what was the boy one? Remember they had two songs. Oh, the other book of love song. I have no idea. Um, I'll think of it here in a minute. And then the second time around, um, OMD. Oh yeah. The music for the masses tour. See, OMD, they were smart. Yeah. They got on the gravy train. Yeah, I somehow saw OMD in those next three years, probably like five times, opening for different people and then by themselves. That record was huge, whichever the one that had a secret and all that stuff on it. Crush? Is that what it's called, Crush? I think so. No, it had a car on the... I believe so. So we're going to Front 242 now. Yeah, we're going to switch gears and fast forward from uh, Friday night at Starplex to Sunday night at Granada and touch on the other big uh, fancy keyboard show that we're going to go see in Front 242. It's a big week for us. It is. Do, and they, uh, do you know who's opening for um, Front 242? Or that can't I have be. No idea. Don't just throw like a local. I have no idea. I've not seen... Uh, if there is, in fact, an opener for that show. Are you chewing ice on the air? I'm sorry. Not that we're on the air. I keep forgetting that this is just a podcast. So I guess it really doesn't matter. You can chew all the ice you want. I'll mute it. Okay. All right, so what was your first exposure to Front 242? For me, it, it, it had to have been Headhunter. Yeah. I really can't remember... Which one? But it surely that's what it was in a club. There was Headhunter, right? Yeah. Now, w- uh, official version was before Headhunter and, and Front by Front, the album that that uh, club jam was was taken from. Was it really? Yeah, but official version is I, I actually like better than Front by Front, and I only discovered it, you know, more or less recently in, you know. Uh, Crate, crate digging at record was, stores. I thought official version was second. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's eighty seven. Front by front was eighty eight. So we are going to listen to uh, first from official version the uh, the tune quite unusual and and you picked this one. Why I, I picked this one just because I think it's my all time favorite front two four two song. They definitely don't have the vast catalog of uh catchy hits like depeche mode has but this one for whatever reason i really gravitated to whenever i discovered it okay so let's uh introduce you to front 242 with uh quite unusual
In less time than it takes to tell. Yeah, what's he saying right there? No idea. Man, I really like that song. That is definitely one of the ones that when that's cranking out of your room when you're 15 years old, that your parents are going, what is happening in there? Man, it's such... There are occasional really cornball sounds that that they throw in there, but everything works together. It's the... It's, it's, it is, it's the whole industrial thing. I mean, they're the kings of it. Yeah. I always thought that the, uh, the EBM, the, uh, electronic body music or whatever. What is that? I don't even know. I've never even heard that. That was, uh, that was like a, uh, kind of a, I don't know, a genre handle that they were trying to propagate in the eighties. Oh, they they were making that up. No, they were tr- Front Two Four Two wasn't making it up, but oh. it was like the music industry was. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so yeah, uh, electronic body music, EBM. Never, I've never heard that. Anything with BM in it makes no, me tense. Yeah. Um, so it was that at all. according to Wikipedia, a music genre that combines elements of industrial music and electronic dance music. It first came to prominence in Belgium. And was considered part of the European New Wave movement. Movement. You kind of said that in Belgies. Yes. Yeah, and Front Two Four Two is obviously one of the uh, early pioneers. And uh, again, according to Wikipedia, they say that Front Two Four Two characterized their approach as somewhere between throbbing gristle and craftwork. Yeah. Now they are they are Belgian, right? I uh, always thought they were from yeah. Germany, but they are. Yeah, and then I mean you can also throw in like Nitzareb and Skinny Puppy and uh early, front, front line assembly. Early ministry stuff. Yeah, early ministry. A split second. Yeah. All that stuff so much. That cabaret Voltaire stuff. Love that. Yeah. Um, well let's let's just call it uh Industrial. Yeah, it's industrial. I, guess, I, I mean, I guess industrial because of ministry kind of came to mean like industrial metal. Yeah, but I don't, I don't see it that way. Yeah, I think of industrial music as if you went to a work site and made a record with everything around there, drills and iron. Does that make sense? Yes, and that. Uh, I guess Depeche Mode dabbled in that. They, yeah, they, they had, did. They, they did use. That. They did use samples, particularly like on uh, "People Are People." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the. They will hit a metal pipe and sample it. <laughs> you remember? Uh, God, I can't remember which uh, documentary it was where they <laughs> they were showing uh, Martin Gore recording rolling a pebble along the the track of like a sliding door or something like that just not. most random samples just looking at stuff and just trying to make sounds from it yeah that, that's why it's good so if you want to uh get into front 242's wheelhouse that would be front by front from 88 mm-hmm. that that's when I guess they got as big as they ever were going to get. I had a friend that, um, and this is this is a random story, 
that I might cut out, but <laughs> just cut out a lot of this crap. But no, this is good. Um, he was from a town called Panhandle, Texas. Was it in the Panhandle? I think it's in the Panhandle, and it's really super small. His name's Brian Miller, and he was on the football team, and their coach used to play front two four two in the locker room before they would go out onto the field. It's like their hype-up music. <laughs> their hype-up music in a small town in the panhandle of Texas called Pan... It was kind of by Amarillo. That's really random. And I always thought, I bet the Front 242 guys would love to hear that. Yeah, I want to know how some small-town bumpkin football coach came across Front 242. I know. I love that story. I think it's just so weird to think that there's a bunch of, you know, country football players in a locker room that are just jamming to headhunter before they roll out for the it's a good hype up jam yeah why not so we but we did uh avoid the obvious i suppose uh we're not gonna play hunt headhunter from that record yeah everyone's heard that uh so we're gonna play what well this song is what um well should we should we talk about the beer we moved to oh yeah we we switched it up so we were drinking the uh the bishop cider the high and dry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is, uh, I guess, a, a step away from cider, more into the uh, the beer realm. We're drinking uh, raspberry sour ale. Sours are the new hotness as people are getting worn out on IPAs. And so this is uh, by Martin House out of Fort Worth. It's their true love sour ale. I like that on our, our scent pod that we've switched to cider and uh fruity beers yeah and it's uh really makes sense it's the can is uh pink and baby blue and it has true love in giant letters it it fits it makes sense. it really does we'll take a picture and put it up on the web and uh it's quite good I'm not a huge fan of sours, but I'm trying to develop a taste for them. I haven't tried it yet. I don't know about this sour uh, movement that you're talking about. Is it a thing? It is a thing. This is me opening beer. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. Sounds fresh. Boat to boat. Thoughts? Um. The, the sour isn't overpowering and it is balanced out by the raspberry which is not um too out in front i think it's pretty good it's it it doesn't have a bad finish i gotta say at the beginning i didn't love it but now you you puckered a little bit yeah let's go in for sip two i mean i think it is uh pretty refreshing holy cow it's a weird combination of flavors, it but I really like is. it. I um, kind of like it. Such a wonderful finish. All right, so let's um, uh, let's sip on this while and, we listen to and see see if uh, you fully turn the corner on it, or if maybe uh, yeah, you, you know pour how it, it goes. Sink. When we switch from a cider to this, it's just it's just different. Um, this next jam by the Front Two Four Twos, um, I thought forever about five well i guess before we started the thing and dropped the song in that it was called doldrums but it's not it's called terminal state have you ever was this a jam that you would jam or when i started playing it you were 
No, because I, I, I really have a cursory knowledge of Front 242, and it really begins and ends with uh, Quite Unusual and Headhunter. Okay. Well, man, this was... And I guess Master Hit. Yeah, this would, would be in the top three if I'm going to play um, three Front 242 jams. This would definitely be in it for me. Well, I'm excited. And I have no idea why. I just really like this tune. So let's... Let's turn it up, everybody. Let's turn it up. Terminal State, front, two, four, two.
<laughs> I love, I think it's, uh, from what I'm reading, the the backing vocals are all by uh, a dude by the name of Richard23. And I just, I want, I want him to walk around and follow me all day and just everything I say, just have him double up. Yeah. You can make it just around the block. Double up what you say in this low voice with a weird accent. Yeah. Oh, Dickie 23. Sweet Dickie 23. I'm excited to see this show. I think it's going to be really weird. I think it's going to be super weird. Uh, Who knows what they look like now. Who knows what the crowd is going to be like? Yeah, but I love that too. That used to be a thing, you know, back before Depeche Mode completely blew up. And when you went to see bands like this, everyone at the show were all into the same thing. Right. And I think that, I mean, Depeche Mode now has hits. So when you're at a show like that, they're so massive that you get people from everywhere. But something like a a Front 242 show is still going to be the. You know, it's gonna be all old goth dudes. Yeah, it'll be in black, really out of shape. Yeah, uh, weird dudes in um, black t-shirts. And we'll be there among them. Yeah, we will. In our black t-shirts. In our black t-shirts. All right, so let's shift gears back to Depeche Mode. By the way, you decided to pour your uh, true love raspberry sour ale over ice from Martin House. Did you say it was from Fort Worth? Yes. So both beer, we've done really, we've kept it local. Mega local. With the beers, so good for us. Um, Is it better for you over ice? Well, I haven't had it yet. Let me give a little. I mean, yes, we uh, did We did the cider over ice. Beer over ice to me is, is weird. a bit heretical, but. Um, I do like it, though. It has a weird color. See that? like it looks like a grapefruit sorry anytime somebody says color it just makes me think of the the geico ad that i was telling you about i i can't remember where we so many colors and shapes (laughs) (laughs) all right let's switch gears back into depeche mode and let's touch on the most recent record which came out this past spring it's entitled spirit it's uh I think it's I the guess best it's, one in a long time. Yeah, it's it's their third in the last 10 years or so. So, 09, there was Sounds of the Universe. Then uh, 2013 was Delta Machine. And then uh, this past spring, Spirit. And I agree. Of that trilogy of their most recent work, it's definitely the best. Yeah, and that's why I, I wanted to play the the hit from well i guess the single from it yeah because yeah. i thought that when you listened it's it could have it could have been on any of the other records it still misses i still miss an alan wilder influence on yeah all depeche mode yeah no, they haven't been the same since he left he, yeah. he was violator his last or was it songs of faith and devotion that was his last i want to say it's songs of faith and devotion he left in the middle of that but but spirit is I could be completely wrong. Spirit is the closest to the the kind of vibe of Violator and Songs of Faith and Devotion. Yeah, you can that tell that they since then they got out all the old keyboards and um you know plugged them in and messed with knobs instead of going straight to computer soft synth. 
Yeah, and I'm excited because, you know, when you uh, see a band like Depeche Mode and they have a new record out, they're going to, uh, you know, first, front, front, first two songs. They're going to front load and yeah. heavy load the set list with stuff from the new record. And if the new record sucks, that kind of ruins the the night for everybody. Yeah, but, but this this especially this one that we're about to play, the where's the where's the revolution? This is going to be a good concert jam. Yeah, I, I it's grown on me. I was a little put off that I felt like they were with the slide guitar trying to recapture personal Jesus a little bit. Oh, okay. But it does, I think, stand on its own, and I think it will be. You know, they're going to start the show with the first two tracks off of Spirit. Yeah. Well, they always go with the music intro like pimp. Right. They uh, they really know how to uh, open a show. But yeah, so then I'm sure they'll they'll uh, come out and do Going Backwards and then Where's the Revolution, the first two song- songs from Spirit. And it's a strong start to the album. And this single, the lead track, anytime I've seen them do it on uh, late night TV, any clips I've seen of it, uh, you know, in their kickoff tour dates in Europe, it it looks kick-ass live. I'm excited. Where did you... Were they on Kimmel or something? They, uh, yeah, they've been on Kimmel. They've been on uh, Fallon. They've been on them all. Oh, they've done the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, they, they, when this came out, they did the whole circuit. And uh, it always looks good. I wouldn't know. I don't watch TV. I just read books. That's true. So yeah. I don't really... You're so much more well-read and I've never, cultured. I've never even seen television. So. strange. You have like six in your house, but... I guess you uh, never watched them. No, I I use them for lighting, for reading. <laughs> you read by the test by the, pattern. By the TV. All right. Um, all right. Play well, this jam. Here's the jam. Uh, Where's the revolution? By Depeche Emode.
You know, the thing about this record is it's so much better when you listen to it in the headphones or when you listen to it really loud on a good stereo. Yeah. I mean, because, that song sounds great. Because there's there's so much depth to the low end and there's so many little details hidden in there mm-hmm. that it just it's so much better when you listen to it when you're focused on it and you can hear everything yeah that sounds great you know i got the um when you were down for the first podcast we listened to the the vinyl right um did i tell you why how i got that Uh uh-uh 
I did the thing online because I was going to go to. The- oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I did the same thing where you uh, earn points by buying merch and getting other people to sign up and buy merch to get your place in line. Yeah, for because, the presale. Yeah, and because I, I was going to go to the Houston one at the uh, Woodlands Pavilion. That what's it called? I don't know. The Cynthia Woods. Oh yeah, yeah. Or something like that. But um, because I wanted to see it there because I used to work there. I was the security guy in front of the soundboard. <laughs> the worst security guy ever. Yeah. Well, they they put, you know, Todd and I on. You know, we're not really going to be the biggest security people, so they put us in front of the soundboard for every show, just to make sure someone wouldn't run off with the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, you don't want uh, you guys manning the pit. Yeah, which was pretty. It was kind of cool. You had the we had the best seat in the house. Our only real job was just to tell people to quit coming up to the sound guy. You wouldn't believe how many people come up to a sound guy at a at a David Bowie concert and tell him that the can you turn the bass up a little and the treble down <laughs> to the sound guy of you know. So we would just kind of flash our flashlights in their face and go, "Move on, sir." But anyway. The tickets went so fast in Houston, even though I was bumped up to, I don't know, 1,200 in line, or what, what did you end up? Uh, I was, I think I was around like 100 something. Oh, okay. Because I was able to get uh, several people to sign up using my link. Oh, yeah, that was the other way you moved up, was yeah. to get people to get on the thing. I remember that. Yeah, and so we have pretty decent seats yeah no that's awesome the houston one went so quick i was kind of looking around to pick the seats that i wanted and just looking around all of the seats were sold out and it just went straight to lawn depeche modes they do well they do well hey um how quick did the dallas one sell out i mean it was within an hour or so uh, but but i was rolling the dice and letting seats go to try and find stuff closer and i lucked out we're we're on the uh the side but we're like sixth row we're on martin's side yes on martin's side do you think when he sings that somebody that will tear up a little bit uh, if he if he plays somebody manny will pass you, out well usually if uh if it's martin's turn that's everybody's chance to go to the bathroom that or, is or go, not go to the beer line that's when the girls go crazy. But if he plays uh, somebody, then I want you to jump up in my arms. I will. And I want to hold you like a baby. I want somebody to share. It's always either that or a question of lust, right? And he's definitely doing one of those. You think? Oh, I he has to. I, I have haven't to looked him. at. Uh, I haven't looked at the set list, so I part of me wants to be surprised. That's when. Uh, David Gahan goes and changes outfits. It, they have to do that. Right. right? Yeah, he definitely needs, because he's already sweated through his first pair of leather pants. And his, uh, and the, I hate that people call him these, but the, you know, the muscle, the wife beater. Right. I mean, he, he's been wearing that under his, because that first shirt comes off first song. Right. And then it's pretty much the, the white, 
shirt. Right, with the uh, with the mic stand over his shoulders, twirling in circles. Yeah, and then, because he never goes completely shirtless, does he? Maybe at the very last bit of the thing and throws the shirt off and then he's off stage. How old is he? He's looking good. Yeah, he looks good. In spite of all the hard living and heroin that he's done. Yeah, he had a... He's one of the weird guys that he would get addicted to things off tour and clean up on the road yeah that was his thing like he would clean up on the road because they were doing so much stuff but when he had his off time he would uh lose control but how do, I think how he do just you... needs people screaming at him on a daily basis well um, yeah and, and just uh to be surrounded by accountability coaches yeah at all times at all times um which is i get that now, how are you uh, feeling about the overall sound of Spirit? Because it was it was produced by James Ford, who was uh, from Simeon Mobile Disco, if that name means anything to you. I don't think I know what that is. But, I, th- um, I think, he, I like I think he's worked with Arctic Monkeys before. He's, he's a notable producer, but it's the first time that he's worked with Depeche Mode. I think it sounds great. It's, you know, like, I don't want to get into music nerd talk nerd talk but it's another one of those things when you can tell when we load tracks in here it is mastered smash to the bone but that's how things are now right you have to have it that way or it'll sound weak compared to everything else well they do have uh and i the last song that we're gonna play um is the one that i picked off of of spirit and it's i don't know i mean they may may not even play this uh, when we see them, but to me, it is one of the more potentially epic live tracks. It has kind of the uh, the majesty and the the uh, big fantastic ending that so many great Depeche Mode songs have. Mm-hmm. And so, let's listen to this final track for this edition of High Tea with Old Waver. Let's listen to No More. This is the last time in parentheses.
Super baritone Dave on that one. Yeah, I love that. I'm telling you, this record, this is like their You Are the Quarry. It's their reboot. You know, the Morrissey return to yeah. life. Speaking of throwing your shirt off, he, I like that he still throws his shirt off. He maybe doesn't. He's a little doughier around the midsection than he used to be. Yeah, whereas. Dave, or like we were talking about the guy from The Fix the other day, they look great. I think Morrissey kind of has have a few beers. It's okay. Sure. But he's brave, and he likes to take his shirt off, and people go crazy for it when he throws it into the audience. And he's supposed to have a new record coming out. We'll uh, no doubt touch on that on uh, future pods. Yeah. But uh, then we can do, maybe, if we get tickets to that show, that... And, and kind of have a bet of if it actually happens. Right. We can uh, put a, a wager on it. Yeah. I've been burned too many times. I'm, I'm Last two times, right? You got the... I'm almost, I'm almost done with Sweet Maws. Oh, but I never will get, be. Yeah, no, I, I'll always forgive him. I'll always say, come here, you. You. I can't stay mad at you. Guy. All right, but that will uh, wrap it up for this edition of High Tea with Old Waver. We don't have uh, too much uh, more to say other than we hope that you enjoyed the jams that we picked out. And uh, if you go to these shows, if you happen to listen to this before the 22nd and the 24th, and you uh, end up at the shows, look for us. Come have a beer with us. Yeah. Let's high five and hug it out and talk about synth pop. And EBM. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious about the Granada show. I'm wondering if it'll... I mean, do you think that'll... Crowd-wise, what do you think? How many people... I don't know. I can't even tell you. It's on a Sunday, right? It's on a Sunday night, which which so uh, makes it difficult yeah. to begin with. And it's a really random band that I don't know how many people are really going to be interested in seeing, so even if I'm it thinking, wasn't on a Sunday. I'm thinking that might be the place, if you go, to come and see us, because it might just be us and you. Right. We'll be on the front row, right next to each other. Yeah. Wearing all leather. We should get some leather. Too hot. I'm thinking about piercing my nipples for this show. Too hot for that, too. Too hot for everything. September. We need to finish this podcast so we can turn the AC back on. I'm sorry. All right, so let's 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 sing it out. I, I really feel like this is uh, going to launch us into the headspace that we need to fully enjoy the gift of Depeche Mode at Starplex. Perfect. 
think they're going to close with this? This is a standard closer, is it not? I know, because they stopped doing the... Did they do Everything Counts anymore? No. So this is the, uh, the hand wave over the head. Somebody land this thing. Laters.